Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman, and I'm here today with Marina Hansen. Sorry for sorry to step on you, Billy. It's fine. I'm here with Marina Hansen again. We're going to be uh, talking about a couple things. We're trying to do this a little bit more on a daily schedule. We're trying to do a couple of those. Might be a little bit of a shorter format, but it'll be cool. We're ramping up for our 50th Billy Newman Photo Podcast episode. Coming up fast. So fast. Whoa. Ugh. Well, but it's cool. Yeah, it's taken a while to get this far. We were just talking before we started recording about like the little studio stuff we got going and like how it's still holding up pretty well. Yeah. We are thinking about These like stuff stands. to move around. Yeah, some cool. Well, there's a couple ideas that we have for like different studio stuff to do coming up, which would be cool. We'll talk about that in a bit though, but I've been working on photo backup stuff. Do you have a photo backup? I have a hard drive for my photo backup right now. Um, yeah, it's still, it doesn't feel like enough though. Yeah. I don't think it ever will. I think that the impermanent feeling of digital stuff will always make me feel nervous. Yeah. I think that there is like a, a big part of the, just the whole part of the impermanence of digital files that makes it sort of unnerving to be there. Definitely. And so, yeah, I'm right with you. So uh, professional photographers, they sort of kind of, they preach on and on about these methods of doing a complicated digital backup system so that you have all your data maintained. The, the system would probably work, or at least it would give you enough redundancy that you would probably remain safe. It would be a, a best practice or a, you know, a good idea to, to do. I think they say like three backups and you want one of those offsite or away from you. Yeah. But, but you want like, um, you want a backup that's sort of like an archive that you keep updated every couple weeks or so. You want one that's constantly versioning a backup and then you want another backup that exists like off in the cloud as they say now like on an online or you know a server that you can connect to and then upload your images to or you want like a hard drive that you can stash at another house or in a safety deposit box or something or, or whatever other idea that like some blogger thinks was a good idea to write down i don't have any of that stuff really and i'm i yeah. think most photographers just like you have an external hard drive that they've had for a few years or their other computer they used to have yeah. that just has, photo, that has photos <laughs> on it still. So as for as many photos as I take, as much as I want to do like pro photography stuff, my backup system is probably not as adequate as it should be. So I'm trying to change that around. I like think about how to change that around because it makes me nervous, right? Like the way that we just don't have a good grasp on the archive of the pictures we have. Right. Like last year I went through and I made I made an archive folder of, of all the photos that I've ever taken, like on all the different computers and the different backups and hard drives that I've had or different failed backup schemes that I was going to like start working on. I'll be really committed to keeping this backup, but then it was only for a couple years or so because I've been doing it for 10 years now. So like there's those, but that was on one hard drive that had been inaccessible for a while. So I had to combine it all with this other hard drive of photos from a Mac to photos are archived on a PC and then put it all together. And so I went through and I built this big Lightroom catalog. It had like 102,000 photos in it. There were all the photos, all the raw photos and all the edited photos that I think were from like the last 10 years. So like building a big uh, like photo library like that was good because that builds an archive. The good thing about Lightroom is that it's able to structure the data so that you can go into the file system and look at the dates that are there and then identify like the photos that you have by the date that it was imported or by the date that it says it was there. But yeah, it works, it works pretty well to like work on 
the archive stuff in Lightroom. And so I have that backed up on my external drive. And then I have that duplicated on another external drive. And then there's a version of that, like the, the Lightroom catalog gets, well, that's. I have a hard time with the Lightroom stuff. catalog. Lightroom catalogs are pretty frustrating. What I like to do outside of the Lightroom catalog, outside of what Lightroom specifically does, I like taking just the files that are categorized outside of the, the catalog, outside of using Lightroom, mm -hmm. but how I like organizes the files on the hard drive. I'm just like taking that and then duplicating that or copying that over to my other hard drive or archiving all of those photographs that were brought in, changed from their raw format to a DNG format. Right. And kind of store it that way. I think it works best. Yeah, the setup I have is pretty similar. I have, um, well, I have my laptop that has uh, photos that are current from the year that we're in. Um, and I think I change it like every six months or I'll, I'll take stuff off. Um, yeah. And then I have everything on my external hard drive. <clears throat> and that is, uh, that's like the Lightroom cataloging stuff or the, light, the Lightroom archiving. I have that, but... I don't trust that mostly because right. I just don't know how to use it well enough. So it's my own fault, but I have that. But since I feel iffy about it, I also, um, I also have my own backup system or my own backup filing system that I've made, uh, by year. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry for the coughs, Billy. That's uh, fine. yeah, I have it. So I have, uh, all of those backed up on my one external hard drive and, um, and I feel like that system's worked pretty well for me for uh, for my arrangement of my photos. But also, kind of like you're talking about, there are so many places that my photos have existed on, or so many external hard drives. That yeah. Kind of bringing it all together. My catalog, my cataloging system that I've made up for myself has changed slightly over the last five years that's the problem that i had yeah is, is the way that i would store files changed a lot from like early on when i was starting to work with photos till yeah. now so, so maybe I, here on out it'll be more consistent i'd hope but even even that has changed a few, a few times <laughs> depending right. on like the computer that's, i'm using or the setup that i have or what's easiest for me to get if i'm working like in the field a lot or if i work at home a lot mm -hmm. or like if i work at another you know it just it just changes like each time it's frustrating yeah i feel like I feel like I have finally figured out the best system for my naming and how it's organized and all that. So I feel like I've finally reached the point where I'm probably going to stay with this for a while. Sure. But I thought that last time and time before <laughs> that. So we'll see. But I think this is better. It's definitely better. I know how to find all of my photos. It's all well organized. It's just different. So it doesn't right. really match up from every few years to every few years. Yeah. That's a, that's a problem that I had too. So there's like the organization of how we kind of catalog and, and organize all of the photos that we have. There's a few different options that we have for that. We're talking about that stuff. And then there's like the backup, the backup system in, in total that we right. would use. And so like we have like the hard drive system in place. We don't have anything offsite yeah. as far as I think like any like, like hard drive that I keep at work or whatever of like photos and stuff like the photo backup hard drive, everything is just on the desk here, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need one of those little bank boxes or something. Got to get a bank box, bury it, bury a hard drive bury our jets. somewhere out there. So I was thinking about this other thing, and this is what I want to sign up for is, um, is like Amazon web services. There's a lot of different things that, that they offer. 
um, for like a small fee for, and it's, there's really a lot of functional stuff that you can do. You can, you can run like, um, like a Linux kernel. You can run like Linux from a server, like in your browser and you can, you can spin up, you can like host your apps there and spin up like different services. It's really cool. There's a lot of different things you can do. You can host your WordPress site from there. Like you can do a WordPress install on Amazon S3 and send it out, which I might look into doing for our future too. I don't know. Um, it might be more complicated backend stuff than what I'd want to get into. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like a cool idea. And it's sort of like a pay a la carte sort of a system, or at least at a certain tier. Mm-hmm. I suppose maybe that's well beyond what my intro level tier would be. But it's kind of like a pay as you go. Like it just uses as much as you need, you know, as much bandwidth as you need, yeah. or as much storage as you need. But there's this other service that's going to, that's what we'll probably dig into the most. I don't, I don't build apps that much. I don't need a lot of like, Amazon web services spinning up all the time. But what I do need is I need to back up all these photos that I have. I think we have like, I think I was looking at about a terabyte or so of photographs in my library. Wow. I think that's what it is in total. I'm not sure though. It, see, it's strange because like the files are getting bigger and bigger. So it's, it's sort of, it doesn't scale the same way. Like the first photos I have, those are all like, you know, Oh. 700 kilobytes yeah, because the tiny. camera was so crappy and small and the little file that you'd get would be so nothing but now like all the scans we make are like a few megabytes yeah they're like 22 megabyte tiff files or all the raw f- files from your camera are like 18 oh, megabytes huge, or something yeah. yeah so all that stuff just like the last year or two with all the extra data that's in with these larger file sizes these bigger sensors that makes the file size that's stored a lot bigger I noticed that on my hard drive on my laptop a lot but I think getting all this stuff off the computer and into cloud storage is going to be a good way to go for us. So there's this thing called Amazon Glacier. That's cool. Yeah, I think you were telling me about that one a little bit a few days ago. And it's a really neat system that they have. Or it sounds like a, a good deal. Yeah, it's sides. like, it's supposed to be low cost. That's their big thing that they push a bit about it. And so it's it's cloud storage, but it's cold storage. And I think that what that means when we're talking about servers is that there's like servers that are spun up all the time that you could have access to that are online. And that's what like Amazon S3 would be talking about. But this cold storage thing is storing it on a server that starts up, you upload your stuff to Amazon, it puts it onto a hard drive. And then I think it's duplicated across like several hard drives, you know, it's like arrayed array. So it could be restored if any of the data gets lost. So it's a good kind of solid architecture of technology to back up or to hold your photos or your data in an infrastructure yeah which is cool so you get that and then it's this cold storage thing so you upload your stuff and it holds it there for you and then you can retrieve it but when you retrieve it you have to like give notice so you have to like say like where you can only get like so much at a time but it's something where they have to actually turn those drives on so that you can like get to your files and get them off but the cool thing is is that it's like I think it's like 0.007 cents a gigabyte. That's great. Which is cheap. Yeah. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. So it'd be cheap to get it like a couple terabytes of, uh, of this glacier storage and just throw like all of our raw photo archives. I'd love that. Up on that. Yeah. I think it'd be great to have a good cloud storage for all of our photos. We're photographers. We should have good systems for yeah. caring for our work. Yeah. We really should have a better system for that. I'm kind of sad that we haven't already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have this like four terabyte hard drive that I've used a lot over the last two years, but 
like we really don't fill it up that much. We don't really have to access an external hard drive that much. And it just kind of makes it difficult, especially we both work on laptops all the time. Mm -hmm. They have smaller hard drives. So you have to kind of offload everything or back up a lot. Definitely. And pull everything off. That's kind of frustrating. I was looking at this thing. I kind of want to do this maybe for your laptop too. I was thinking about it. But uh, you can upgrade, even on these MacBook Pros, these, these solid unibody MacBook Pros, you can upgrade the solid state hard drive that's in them. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know you could do that with uh, with these ones. I'm not you quite sure how it is. <laughs> you You can get it upgraded. Okay, at least, so is what I might say. That's that may even be what I do, but I think it might even be worth it because, like, um, to buy like a 512 gigabyte solid state hard drive with your MacBook Pro when you get it is really expensive through Apple because they charge so much per extra gigabyte in right. their in their pricing yes, structure they that they have. <laughs> it's silly. So it's almost cheaper to get the lowest storage space you can in the MacBook Pro that you buy from Apple. But then even with the fee to send it into the manufacturer and have them replace and install a new hard drive that you buy OEM, it's cheaper than getting that much space from Apple. <laughs> it's sort of the scheme, I think, about it. That's pretty funny. So there's this, uh, there's a bunch of companies that make uh, solid state drives that are now up to the size of a terabyte, which is huge. That's I remember huge. back in 2002, there was a one gigabyte solid state drive and that was huge news. It was like an array of RAM chips that were like kind of set up on wow. a hard drive. It looked really silly. <laughs> that sounds pretty silly. Yeah, it was before thumb drives or before like big thumb drives, certainly. Oh, like, man. Yeah, it was like, it was really big news to like have a solid state memory disk. And there's just like a, like, whoa, that's going to be so fast. It's going to be so much better than spinning plates and stuff, which is probably true. So there's this company out there. I want to try it out or check it out, but I want to try and get like a 512 or a terabyte sized hard drive put in put in the mac pro or put in the macbook pro so that it gives me more space more archival space it makes it easier to move stuff around because that's the biggest hurdle so far is like trying to deal with these files right. and like running out of space constantly because i mean it's just like i have like 128 or 20 yeah 128 gigabyte hard drive it's like nothing now like yeah, you have like 50 gigabytes of applications and then it's yeah it's just like if you have like 10 gigabytes of music and 10 gigabytes of documents and if your email syncs it's like all your space instantly yeah. it's so silly now uh it's pretty silly <laughs> i remember the first computer i got like the, that the family had that was a two gigabyte hard drive back in 1997 wow running, two whole gigabytes running like windows 95 yeah whoa <laughs> how crazy that's pretty crazy now i think an operating system itself is just bigger than two gigabytes yeah, I think you're right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy how that... Yeah, because I think they, they come on like a couple DVDs now. And then it's a bunch of like like smart packing software that like shrinks the file down so they can oh. fit on the DVD and then it expands when you put it onto your hard drive when you install it. That oh, was back in the day of DVD installs. Now it's, now it's yeah, like now installer packages that. That, that are just like ISOs that you install or that you put on thumb drives. So yeah, it's way different now too. But yeah, they have to shrink the file because now like with Windows 10, they did like a... They did the online update system. Oh, like, so right. you could download yeah. it online to do your upgrade at Windows 10. And that was just all bandwidth. So that it's in their interest to make those files as small as they can to compress them so that they don't have to pay for the bandwidth oh, going right. out for every person in the world to download the new thing. I and with it. Apple and all the other stuff that they send out. Yeah, so they shrink them down and then they expand a bunch when they 
load onto your phone or onto your laptop or whatever it is. That's so interesting. That's <laughs> a cool technology. Pretty cool stuff. But yeah, I think that'll wrap up just about everything for this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I want to say, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you guys haven't yet. Uh, I think any of that would help make it seem like it's legitimately being recorded <laughs> or seen or used. Um, <laughs> I guess I can't do them as the uh, the creator of the podcast. But um, but yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. Check it out. And on behalf of Marina Hansen, my name is Billy Newman, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast.